Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Monday, July 10th. 2023. Super excited to discuss the latest news in the Duke men's basketball program as well. Avery has become the newest assistant coach for the Brotherhood, and my good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, will join us on today's show to discuss all of that. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast feed wherever you get your podcast. Here in the month of July, we're putting out three shows a week for you, and we'll be back to five times a week on August 1st to uh, time up with the start of fall camp for the Duke football program and so much more. Also, make sure you watch our show on YouTube daily. Hit that subscribe button. I love the comments that are flowing constantly throughout our YouTube uh, page, so keep that up. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. So without further ado, let me bring on my good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. And Kevin, here we are once again, a new hire on the Duke basketball coaching staff, and it's an alum. Will Avery is the newest assistant coach. Really cool to see this stay in the family. And down the line, whether that have been for Emil Jefferson or not. In this case, it's not because um, July 1st signaled that um, men's basketball was able to have another full-time assistant coach on the staff. So Will Avery was going to join this coaching staff, whether Emil Jefferson or he left or he did not. So um, now there's still one more vacancy to fill on this Duke coaching staff. Yeah, so that was important to point out, and a really good discussion we had at the end of last week with our pal Connor O'Neill, the site expert for uh, Devils Illustrated, Duke.Rivals.com, is this new rule, Kevin, right? In the NCAA, we talk a lot about baseball and softball getting tons of notoriety in the NCAA level, adding that third assistant coach, because for so long you had two coaches and then a volunteer assistant coach who wasn't technically on your payroll. The NCAA expanded the coaching staff for college basketball as well, adding two more seats to your bench in an assistant role capacity. Those two could not uh, be out on the road recruiting. So Duke is still looking for Emil Jefferson's replacement to go out on the road recruiting. And then as we discussed with Connor O'Neill, given these new rules, if Duke wanted to hire another assistant coach, they could do that as well, that two additional seats have been granted to be able to be out there on the floor, or Duke can kind of pivot Mike Schragge's role as director of basketball ops and let him be out on the floor coaching with players as well. So the whole coaching structure is changing, it appears, at the NCAA level. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I guess people, unless you really read deep into these rule books of the NCAA, you really wouldn't notice that. Like if you're just – I don't want to say a casual Duke fan or a casual college basketball fan, just putting one and one together. You think, okay, Emil Jefferson leaves, William Avery comes in, he's replacing him. But that's obviously not the case because we talked about um, even before Emil Jefferson left or officially left, I should say, that there were these rumors that Will Avery was going to join the coaching staff. And that was because that extra assisting coaching seat opened up on July 1st. So that's really what Duke was waiting for, for that July 1st deadline to officially pass to that extra assistant coaching spot officially to become available. And now Will Avery jumps into the fold um, right as summer workouts start kicking into full swing. 
Well, and credit to uh, the Duke Athletic Department as well. In their press release for William Avery, they point out the fact that they still need to replace Emil mm-hmm. Jefferson's seat. So no questions asked. You yeah. already know right away that, okay, that wasn't the hire that we were looking for. John Shire has a video up at Duke MBB on Twitter kind of praising Will Avery getting to be in the program a few years ago uh, or over the last few seasons, I should say, in a grad assistant spot after he was invited back by Coach K to finish his degree and then also get his coaching career started. These new assistant coaches in college basketball do get to assist in on-campus recruiting and on-the-floor coaching as well. So we know what the brotherhood means and the fact that you're a recruit. If you take an official visit or swing by an official visit, whatever it may be, if you are on campus, Will Avery will be able to help recruit which I think starts to develop him to continue growing into that higher capacity role where he would then at some point get promoted and be able to go out on the road and recruit as well. Yeah, it's interesting because you you brought up, obviously, Willie, if we had to go back to Duke to graduate just to even get this role. And like you think back and it's like, all right, the wheels were turning on this move years in advance (laughs) or years prior, I should say that. All right. He had to first go back to get his degree, spend time around the program, and now, pardon my pun, but finally graduates to that coaching role as he got his degree this spring. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a. I think he was overly qualified for the role of graduate assistant, right? So many guys right after school, after their undergrad years, are given kind of those GA spots. And here we are, a lottery pick from the 99 draft, one of Duke's top playmakers in his two seasons on campus. In the last few seasons, he's only been listed as a GA, but right around the program, around the players, already developing relationships. And I don't know, I'm really excited about this Will Avery hire. I think it's going to be a big benefit for the Duke program. Yeah, it is. Second team All-ACC player in his final year at Duke as a sophomore in 1999. Um, Spent a couple of years in the NBA. You mentioned he was a lottery pick and then had a really lengthy career playing pro ball overseas. So um, he knows the ins and outs. He knows what it takes to win at Duke. He knows what it takes to be a lottery pick in the NBA. And and, and let's face it, not every single player that walks through the, the doors of Cameron Indoor Stadium is going to be an NBA player. Some are going to go overseas to play, and he also has that experience as well. So um, certainly you want college to prepare you for that next level, and William Avery seems like a perfect choice because he has experience at all different levels of basketball. There is still one spot to fill for the recruiting role that Emil Jefferson left when he went to take the Boston Celtics coaching job. We aren't hearing much buzz on that position at all. Why is that? What could possibly be next for Duke? And again, Will Avery joins the staff officially. We'll continue our conversation with my good pal Kevin Connolly from Ball Durham here in just a moment. Lockdown Blue Devils today is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs, one of my absolute favorites. Bird Dogs make you look good and feel good as well as their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton as Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. That's not all, as Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code college for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college or promo code college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. 
You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Tell me a little bit about your website, Kevin, if people haven't been there before. Well, you can read us at every day at balldurham.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham. And we got a ton of recruiting stuff going on. Peach Jam just wrapped up on Sunday. Um, ton of stuff, ton of good nuggets, ton of outstanding storylines coming out of Peach Jam. So right now we're all over on top of uh, Duke big-time recruiting targets coming out of the Peach Jam this weekend. Uh, I'm really excited about that because you're right. There were so many names that were making impressive performances. So many people really, really tuned into that Cooper flag and Boozer Twins showdown. And that's going to be a topic for another day. But Peach Jam and uh, Duke basketball recruiting, that certainly never stops. And speaking to that recruiting point, over the weekend at Peach Jam, we got to see a couple of Duke assistant coaches in action alongside head coach John Shire. That, of course, being Jay Lucas and Chris Carwell because they are allowed – by the NCAA to be out on the road recruiting. There's still one seat left vacant for Duke men's basketball. And in terms of a replacement, Kevin, it has been eerily quiet as to who that name could be, who that coach could be for the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, it really is. I think the name that's floated among fans that they really want to see back is Nate James after he was let go as the head coach of Austin P. Um, and it kind of Fits perfectly because Emil Jefferson did a lot of work with the big man. When Nate James was an assistant coach for Duke, he was that big man coach. Now, um, would he be willing to take an assistant coaching role on this Duke team? That remains to be seen. You just saw the promotion of um, Jay Lucas to an associate head coaching role. So both associate spots are filled on this Duke coaching staff. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, John Shire wants to do to fill that final seat on his bench. Yeah, Nate James was one of the candidates we talked about a few weeks ago, and you're right that the chatter continues to grow amongst the fans uh, to, to bring Nate James back. And you talk about Will Avery, Chris Carwell already on staff, those guys playing at the turn of the century right there, 2000, 2001, and of course 01 when Duke won that title. Nate James also on the team as well. So it'd be a re reunion of sorts if all of a sudden you're able to bring Avery, Carwell, and James all onto the same Duke staff uh, as they were really impressive in their Duke careers back at the turn of the century. Yeah, and also you have more experience of winning a national title on the bench. Yeah. I mean, John Shire won it as a player in 2010, won it as a coach in 2015. Nate James was on that staff in 2015 as well. So um, it just adds more experience that you would want on a coaching staff. In terms of other names that are out there, I mean, we're just speculating as to who it could be at that point. And again, it would just kind of be – uh, message board and, and fan chatter out there because again we know a lot of people in the business a lot of people around around this uh, Duke program Kevin and really not too many names are currently being floating out there for uh, this Duke coaching spot which is a little unique yeah and, and that makes you think it's going to be um, off the radar it isn't probably the right term but it's it's going to be not someone not from the brotherhood that's what that makes you think right like when John Shire last year hired Jay Lucas like you really didn't see that coming it was kind of picked them out of thin air off the Kentucky sideline. So um, maybe it could be somebody like that, or maybe it's maybe someone a little bit more off the radar that does have some ties to this Duke program. But um, that certainly is the seems like the next and final domino to drop um, putting together this Duke roster for next season. Would you be fine with another non-Brotherhood alum joining the coaching staff? Yeah, I, I think that is certainly fine. It's not a requirement anymore. It felt like it was a requirement under Coach K, but bringing in Lucas is um, – 
was John Shire's immediate impact on the program where it's, he was basically saying, you don't have to be a former Duke player to be on my coaching staff. I'm going to hire the best candidate out there, um, the best recruiters, the best coaches out there to be on my staff. And um, so, no, I don't think it has to be somebody from the Brotherhood. Because we want these guys out there and recruiting this next line of talent for, for Duke men's basketball. I mean, Peach Jam was an absolute spectacle to see with so many star players outperforming incredibly well. Just give me a couple of headlines or notes that you took away from this past weekend in regards to some Duke targets. Well, I think the big thing got to start off was the MVP, and that was Darren Harris, already committed to Duke. Uh, 2024 player, only a four-star. I think that's going to elevate to a five-star <laughs> after what he did down in uh, South Carolina this weekend. And then the big name that everybody is just salivating over was Cooper Flagg. I mean, he put up two triple-doubles of points, rebounds, and blocks. Um, he he scored – he's played seven games. He scored at least 18 points in six of those games. He was just phenomenal. And then the other big – the other two big names – were Cameron and Caden Boozer. They actually took down Cooper Flagg and Maine United in the uh, U16 championship game on Sunday after Cooper Flagg upset them in pool play. So um, those were the three big names, or four big names, I guess I should say, the Boozers, um, Cooper Flagg, and then Darren Harris, um, all big ties to Duke. And I think the biggest thing about Peach Jam was the rumors that were flying hot and heavy about Cooper Flagg uh, potentially reclassifying from 2025 into 2024. So um, that's certainly something to keep an eye on as we move forward into the into the uh, fall and into the winter. We'll have to see what the case is for uh, reclassification being set there, Kevin. And then, of course, when it comes to kind of commitment watch for Duke basketball recruiting at this current moment, I think the two names that people are wanting a decision on is kind of Dylan Harper at that guard spot. And then how about a big Flurry Badinga trying to figure out what decision he's going to make? Yeah, Badinga, I think Duke is in a much better position with right now. And that's not to say they're in a bad position with Dylan Harper. It feels like it's a two-horse race, though, between Rutgers and Duke for Harper. Um, I, he's got a lot of ties to Rutgers. His brother Ron played there, um, Jersey kid. Um, and, and Rutgers is literally doing everything in their power to try and get Dylan Harper. I think they were playing in Turkey with Team USA, and Rutgers had their head coach and an assistant coach there to watch him. Like Rutgers, if Dylan Harper is playing basketball, whether it be in an organized event or shooting hoops in his backyard, Rutgers has been there. So I think um, Duke does have some stiff competition. It's not uh, a school typically you hear that battling, that's battling Duke in a recruiting battle. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens for Dylan Harper. Um, in terms of a recruitment, uh, commitment timeline on him, he initially said he would think about maybe recruiting after the Peach Jam. Now he's trying to say that he might be recruiting closer to the start of his senior season in high school. So um, still might have a couple months to go before you get a final decision for Dylan Harper. Yeah, so we wait. Of course, his dad, Ron Harper, was quite the player. His brother, Ronald Harper Jr., a really impressive player as well. So Dylan Harper, it appears, as you said, to be a two-school race between Rutgers and Duke. And we'll certainly see uh, what kind of decision is made there. Look, we're greedy, Kevin, right? We love these commitments for Duke basketball, and it's just been way too long since we've had one. Well, yeah, and it's interesting because you look at the roster that Duke has right now, right? You're anticipating Kyle Filipowski, Tyrese Proctor, Mark Mitchell, and maybe Jeremy Roach all to be gone after this season. So there's going to be a lot of spots to fill on this Duke roster going into the 2024 season. Um, and you don't know what happens with other movement on the roster in terms of transfers and other NBA draft decisions. And then you got some graduations with guys like Ryan Young 
So um, th there could be a, a big holes to fill on this Duke roster um, in a couple of years. And that's why John Shire could be really eyeing a massive um, recruiting hall uh, going into the 2024 class. And then, Kevin, a name that we failed to mention at this point is Duke's most recent commit, right? We're waiting. When's the last commit? Well, it was Isaiah Evans, and we haven't even mentioned his name at all as of late, but he put together some really impressive performances down at Peach Jam as well. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's a five-star. He, he's a bona fide bucket. He's a scorer. He's big, lengthy wing. Um, I, I, North Carolina kid, you want to have those comparisons to Brandon Ingram, and they kind of make sense. He's about 6'8", six, 6'9", six, big forward, long wingspan, can really shoot the ball, can put the ball on the deck at will and get to the basket. So um, Duke could be eyeing uh, if things fall their way in many ways, could be one of the best recruiting classes ever. I mean, if you just look at you already have Darren Harris and Isaiah Evans. If Cooper Flagg does commit and reclasses into 2024, if they do get Dylan Harper, and then you mentioned about Flory Budinga, if that all happens, I mean, that could be one of the best recruiting classes of all time. It could potentially rival uh, the Zion Williams and R.J. Barrett, uh, Cam Reddish, and Trey Jones class. That would be fun to see, that's for sure, if we could put all that together and get them all in the same class. Lockdown Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. We mentioned uh, summer basketball being played at the preps level, at the high school level. What we're also watching, what's consuming our time these days as hoop heads like we are, is NBA Summer League. Ten former Duke basketball players are competing right now in Summer League. A.J. Griffin with the Hawks. Derek Lively the second with the Mavericks. Cassius Stanley is running with the Denver Nuggets, Matthew Hurt with the Grizzlies. The Timberwolves have Wendell Moore Jr. and Theo John. Trevor Keels with the Knicks, the 76ers and DJ Stewart. The Kings have Alex O'Connell, and uh, it's Vernon Carey Jr. with the Utah Jazz. What are some of the storylines and notes that you're out there watching with Summer League right now, Kevin? I think probably the one biggest surprise was that A.J. Griffin was playing with the Atlanta Hawks. Now, we have seen second-year players who did get a lot of time in their rookie year play First thing that comes to mind is Jabari Smith. He's out there playing with the Houston Rockets. So it's good to see A.J. Griffin getting out there and sh proving that he's healthy, getting his legs under him and try and build for his second year in the NBA. Um, it was pretty ironic. Derek Lively's first summer league basket came on a dunk. What else would you expect? <laughs> am I right? I mean, that's what he did at Duke, and and uh, he does it in summer league. So, And it's always good to see those guys that – um, maybe you forget about when they're buried in the G League and perhaps playing overseas like the DJ Stewards and Matthew Hurts and Vernon Carries that you don't hear at all from in the NBA season, getting out there and trying to make a name for themselves um, in Vegas. So um, it's certainly something uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, but it, it, the one name that you don't hear there is Derek Whitehead, um, first round pick, not playing because of that uh, second surgery on his broken foot that he suffered last August. A couple of one-year players at Duke getting some run as well, trying to make a name for themselves. And Cassius Stanley with the Nuggets, Trevor Keels with the Knicks, DJ Stewart with the 76ers, and Vernon Carey Jr., of course, just played one year for Duke. He is with the Jazz. This is the time for them to put together impressive performances. Maybe it's not for a full NBA contract, but maybe they get some enticing G League offers out of this or overseas offers as well. Well, look what Jack White did last summer. I mean, Jack White's the perfect example of he was a multi-year guy at Duke, but I don't think anyone ever thought that he was going to find his way to an NBA roster and nevertheless the NBA champions, am I right, with the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Um, he played really well after 
um, rupturing his Achilles back home in Australia, came back, had a strong season in the NBL, then got invited to Summer League and played really well at the Denver Nuggets, got a two-way contract, and he was didn't get as much time probably as he would like it with the NBA team, but he was on the NBA bench more than he was the G League bench. So um, it's really a chance for these guys to prove that they can contribute something to an NBA organization and try and latch on and then make your way um, in the league from there. And just this offseason, Jack White signing an NBA deal with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Not a two-way contract. He signs a pro deal with the Thunder. So credit to Jack White for getting that done. You also mentioned some names that are not there for Summer League. Uh, Jabari Parker, we thought that he would be able to play with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's had some family reasons that have kept him away from Summer League, uh, which is certainly unfortunate because for the number two overall pick back in 2014, it would have been awesome to see him get another chance in the NBA. Yeah, that, that's the one that hurts. I was really looking forward to seeing him play and um, not to diminish what Summer League stands for, but you would want to hopefully like he would thrive against younger uh, competition, inexperienced competition, because I mean, Jabari Parker, he was just such a talented player. But the one thing that always revolves around sports is injuries. And he was bitten by just about every injury bug you could possibly have towards ACL twice in the same knee um, in his first couple of years in the league. And um, then just hasn't been the same since then. Um, I was looking forward to watching him play. um, But unfortunately that didn't come to fruition as he had a back out due to some family issues. Uh, Summer league, of course, taking place at the Thomas and Mack center in Las Vegas 75 total games to be played over 11 days. And day one, of course, was this past Friday. So we're still just getting started in the NBA. And, of course, if you're looking for guys uh, that you thought might be there for Duke, of course, going into their second season, you're not going to find Paulo Bancaro. Mark Williams not playing uh, for the Hornets. Derek Whitehead was just drafted but coming back from injury. So you might be surprised that some names you thought would be participating in Summer League are actually not going to be there. You'll have to wait until the NBA season comes around to see them back in action. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the guys that are out there. Some names that you probably didn't expect to hear are playing. So it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a given trade um, with who you maybe want to see, but – you might be seeing some other guys that you probably forgot about. All right, let's close it out. Let's circle back to the top, Kevin. Again, our our news that we want to discuss here, Will Avery has officially been hired. He will be an assistant coach for Duke basketball this upcoming season. What does it mean? It means that Duke has one more valuable man on that coaching staff, a former player, um, a former professional player that is really going to try and um, help this program and develop these players and get them ready for the next level at whatever um, level that might be, whether it's the NBA, G League, or overseas. Um, and now all the eyes kind of turn to who's going to fill that final seat on the bench for John Shire. Kevin, certainly do appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks, JJ. All right, that's my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, joining us on the show here today. Again, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow this podcast for free wherever you get your podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.